Welcome back to Advent Next, a place where we hold life and faith discussions with experts and PhD professors about theology, psychology, and matters related to our walk of faith. Today, we are continuing our discussion with Dr. David and Dr. Beverly Sedlicek, authors of the book, Cleansing the Sanctuary of the Heart, Tools for Emotional Healing. Last week, we discussed what it means to find emotional healing in Jesus, as well as dealing with skepticism around biblical psychology. This week, we are discussing the cycles of dysfunction, as well as some of the first steps to finding healing and a safe community of listeners and advocates. So welcome back to Advent Next. Today, we have uh, Dr. Beverly Sedlicek and Dr. David Sedlicek here. Uh, we're so glad to have you on our program. We're continuing the conversation about emotional healing, and we're basing it off the book, Cleansing the Sanctuary with the Heart. Co-host today is uh, LaToya Wright. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Um, so I, I loved our last conversation because we really got into some of the issues that we don't deal with and we don't tend to talk about and uh, and the way that churches can sometimes create an environment of perfectionism that doesn't allow for vulnerable conversation or prevents us from even looking at ourselves, you know, and we're not w- willing to look at it because we're, we think it's not supposed to be there. Um, so one of the things that you guys discuss in your book that I want to lead out with is, can you discuss a little bit about the cycles of dysfunction? So, you know, how do the, the dysfunction of our family, how is it translated into our own lives and how do we begin to deal with that? What would be the first steps? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, I, I think something I heard last uh, couple of weeks ago at a, a workshop I went to on trauma and um, the tools that we use to survive um, are guarantees that mm-hmm. they're going to help us create our past again. Mm-hmm. And wow. I love that thought because it's so true. How many times, you know, we'll be at church and I ask people, how many of you all said you're not going to, when you grow up, you're not going to sound like your parents and you <laughs> hear those words come out of your mouth. And so people, yeah, everybody raises their hands because they can laugh at that. But the truth is that um, uh, there are patterns that uh, we learn in childhood uh, we learn relationships from our mother and our fathers, uh, our primary caregivers, and what we learn from them shape our ability to mm-hmm. do relationships. And so those things that we learn uh, from them are, are going to impact us through our lives, throughout our lives. The first seven years of life are very, very critical. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so who we are uh, have been shaped. And we can sing to so sweet to trust in Jesus all we want but if those first seven years have been shaped yeah. with uh, struggles yeah. in relationship we're not going to be able to do that as easy as the song comes out mm. and so there are patterns that get passed on in relationship and I'm going to turn over to David because I want to get back to neuroscience after he does a little talk and so well I, actually I was going to just quickly say oh. that that whatever experiences we have, um, emotions that we have, mm-hmm. behaviors that we experience, words that are spoken, they're all recorded in the brain. Yes. Mm-hmm. There, there are neural pathways that are formed. And if something happens more than once, that neural pathway then is reinforced and it gets stronger, 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 till the things that happen are things that happen 
unconsciously, without mm. even our conscious, well, I think I'll be a victim today, mm. or I think I'll be controlling today. Well, we don't consciously think mm -hmm. those things. They've been built into us based on these neural pathways, and a part of <laughs> healing is to build new pathways. Mm. Yeah. But we have to consciously be aware of the old ones yeah. so that we can reject them in order to consciously build new ones. And we can do it by the power of the word, mm. you know, by the power of agreeing, agreeing with God and making healthy choices for mm. ourselves to decide to live mm. instead of die. But a lot of what happens is, is when, when children experience life from mom and dad, their basic love needs are not well met. Mm -hmm. And those deficits where they've not been well nurtured, they've not been affirmed, rather demeaned and put mm -hmm. down, uh, shamed. You know, when, when the presence of mom and dad has, have not been there, when, when kids have been poorly protected and, and have been hurt because of a lack of protection, mm -hmm. when they've been poorly disciplined, when they've been not given enough guidance, when they've not com been comforted well for the hurts and the pains, th those, those deficits then lead them to put all of the feelings connected to those deficits into what we call a garbage can. Wow. They just put it away or into a closet and they shut the door on it mm. or put the lid on the garbage can. And those un unresolved feelings and emotions get processed inside mm. in unhealthy ways mm. that lead these children to simply try to do their best to survive. Mm -hmm. mm. They don't mm. thrive. Mm -hmm. They just survive. Maintain. And, yeah. and God didn't create us just to survive. Mm -hmm. right. He created us to thrive and to grow into the fullness of the adult men and women that he's, he's called us to be. But many of us, even though we may be physically mature, emotionally and spiritually, we're not mature. We've learned how to perform very well, yeah. but inside we're dying. Mm -hmm. Inside we're wilted. And God wants to kind of bring those together so we can... If he can bring us back to life, if you will, to yeah. the fullness of life that he's designed for us to have. Wow. Go ahead. Oh, I, I, I go, I'm really excited about yeah. this particular, <laughs> this topic, because yeah. it's, it, it always just spells out hope. Mm. There's hope. Yeah. You know, um, we're, we're told, and um, you can correct me if I'm sharing this in, you know, incorrectly, but we've always been told that the little ones are the ones who are resilient, Kids are the ones that bounce back. And so it's almost like that programming of our brain that once I pass a certain age, I will not be able to bounce back from anything, a fall and so forth. But with this new discovery with science where, no, anybody can be resilient. And it's through those... Um, mm. Pathway. These new pathways. Yes. So it's it's exciting because again, it's one of those other things where, oh, I can choose. That's right. To wait, rewire my brain? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. That wasn't an option before. Yeah. You know, in generations past, it's just you deal with it and and whatever, and then second coming will transform yeah. you into the new creation creature. Mm -hmm. But but here's another option. Well, but it takes a choice knowing that, okay, maybe I can work towards this. I can eradicate those yeah. negative, you know, processes and recreate new ones. So I get excited because it just gives another option for hope that we can heal. Right. And and again, uh, David started on down the neuropath, neuroscience point of view, but I love the notion that uh, 
another brain is required for the rewiring to take place. And so, uh, again, even babies, a parent's job, the the parent's brain is designed to help the baby wire, Mm. to be wired. There are millions of neural pathways established per second in an infant, millions. Wow. That, that's just amazing to me. And so there needs to be another brain to come alongside me in my healing process yeah. to help me to change. And what if I don't have community? I, I, I don't believe that. I think God, the Bible says God places the solitary in families. So we were made for community. Mm-hmm. But praise God, Jesus Mm -hmm. is that other brain that can come alongside of us. Uh, Let me just tell you something that's really exciting. So uh, what we do as children is we get, we have an experience of comfort from our parents. And then, you know, as little children, and then we get a picture. The visual center has a picture. When my mommy comes, I'm going to be comforted when I see her. Or she's going to bring me food, I'm going to be comforted. Or she's going to, her presence is just, I'm going to be comforted. Mm-hmm. So just the thought of my mother comforts me. Just the very thought. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to be there. And that's, you know, a soothing. Uh, and, and there's a lot, there are a lot of self-soothing things we can do. But the cool part about that, from a Christian point of view, when I know here I am in, I'm struggling, I have a mental picture yeah, of Jesus that's right. who's <laughs> right there, who's been with me. His account is good with me because I've been in this state before and he's come in. Well, I didn't have anything. He's come in. I have a mental picture of him showing up. I don't know when, I don't know how, and I didn't mean to start preaching, but I have that mental, (laughs) I have that mental picture, and so it's all good, and so I'm soothed, I'm comforted, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, and that's not something you get from just a cognitive experience, you have to have an experience Mm -hmm. of other people coming alongside Mm -hmm. you, and then, of course, the experience of Jesus. And that's what he wants to give us. And I'd like to, to just finish that cycle by saying this, that when I've built all of these survival mechanisms, and I'm pretty much locked into living that way, um, what happens then is when I get to the point of, of wanting to be in a relationship with someone else, who am I going to choose? Mm. I'm going to choose someone who is either going to live in harmony with my structures or someone who is just the opposite of me, but just as dysfunctional as me. See, what, what, what uh, family systems research shows is that I c- I'm only going to be attracted to someone as emotionally healthy as myself, someone who's as, as well differentiated or poorly differentiated as I am. Yeah. And therefore, when I get into relationship with someone about the same level of dysfunction as me, the cycle continues, mm. yeah. and our children are just going to get what we have. Right. And that's why someone needs to be courageous enough yeah. to break the cycle and say, no, 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 I don't want that for my kids right. anymore. Right. I'm determined to let God have all of this 
Yeah. And there's such a, I mean, there's so much to unpack here that you guys are sharing. And I think the whole point of like reassociating, you know, the the brain has to make uh, different kinds of pathways and and relating to even events that look similar differently. Because, you know, even myself coming from an abusive background, I tend to relate to authority as something wrong or, uh, or I tend to see threatening situations and I'm ready to fight and I'm in my defensive stance. And it turns, sometimes it turns out to be nothing. And it's like, how do I reassociate and not get into those same survival mechanisms of defense mm-hmm. and, or, or, or I'm imputing upon this person's motives and, and that itself is going to start causing decay and uh, uh, dysfunction of itself. So like you said, reprogramming, uh, being able to recognize, you know, how your survival mechanisms, uh, you know, when they get engaged, what's the trigger, and and knowing, like you said, that Jesus uh, is really helping us to create a different picture of maybe some of the wrong pictures that we've gotten in Mm -hmm. childhood. Mm -hmm. So so in in this process, as we begin this journey, to, to the person who says, okay, I get it, I have a choice, I would like to go to the next step. How, what guidelines would you give them? What advice would you give them in helping them choose a safe community or a, a therapist um, who can help guide them along the way? Because they'll open the, I was going to say yellow pages. That's so <laughs> that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. We're showing a little. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, they, they find a, a list mm-hmm. of therapists mm-hmm. Yeah. or church communities. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, that's a lot. And mm-hmm. that is, it itself can just mm-hmm. throw them into a spiral of mm-hmm. fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's just too much. I can't even process mm-hmm. what I'm going through now. Now I have to choose. Mm-hmm. How, what, what guidelines, what steps, how can you help us find the right person, the right mm-hmm. community, right help mm-hmm. to start that journey? Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me begin with an answer. Um, <clears throat> one is we need to be willing to interview our potential therapist. Okay. Okay. In other words, we know, at least we're Mm -hmm. beginning to know what we need. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like I'm just going to go to anybody. Right. But but I want to be able to ask you questions about what do you know about healing my journey, my trauma, whatever my experience is. Tell me about that. So it's okay. It's okay. Have to you addressed, oh, have you addressed your own issues? Mm. You know, I mean. Really? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, no, this is good. No, I'm serious. Begin yeah. asking those kinds, those kinds of questions. And one of the things that that Beverly and I have decided, like, you know, God has moved us around a fair amount on our on our journey, and and so. Is a church safe? Are there safe mm-hmm. churches? Was one of your questions, and and so if they're not, what can I do to be a party of one mm. to advocate for that? To begin that mm-hmm. process in the mm-hmm. church, how can I gather people around me who, you know, who are willing and open to be on this journey with me? Now, some some churches you know, have been intentional. For example, several times uh, when we've been moving around, we've started counseling ministries in a local church. Mm-hmm. Are, there, are there people in your local church who are professional uh, therapists, mm-hmm. marriage and family therapists, counselors, social workers, who, who are, are known and who could be safe and who could start even a healing ministry in the local church. Mm-hmm. I mean, those kinds of advocacy things are important. And and so, I don't know, sweetie, any any other ideas? Yeah, I, 
I, I, I chuckled when you were like, oh, I can't ask. <laughs> um, as a nurse, one of the uh, uh, important roles that I think nurses have is really empowering patients mm-hmm. to uh, uh, be uh, there to speak up, to, you know, really be an advocate for their own care. Just don't take it because someone says mm-hmm. it. And uh, and that's even more important as, uh, you know, when you're looking for a counselor, uh, sometimes people get real narrowly focused. I want a woman. I want a Christian. I want a a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, they put a lot of I, I experienced parameters blocks up. Um, I think the w- when you understand that God is really the healer, mm-hmm. then. Uh, even if I go to a secular counselor who's skilled in trauma work, for example, uh, that therapist, if they are skilled and I've interviewed them and I feel comfortable, uh, they're going to respect my spiritual, right. my spirituality. They're not going to trample upon it and tell me, no, it's no good. So it really is important to interview and not not feel any kind of way about that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, again, going back to the power of prayer, I want want to be in a community. Uh, I've, I've encouraged people and I've had people come back and say, it really does work. You know, Lord, I'm, I'm here in this place by myself and God will bring people. So I'm open. Uh, you know, may, they may come in a package. I don't necessarily agree or I wouldn't have chosen that person. I just have to be sensitive to the spirit of God saying, mm-hmm. this is a person I want you to connect with mm-hmm. and know that God has my back. And it is a challenge, mm-hmm. no question about it. Mm-hmm. Praise God, He takes us exactly where we are. He's not going to ask us to do a big leap across the Grand Canyon when we can't jump across a water puddle. Right. And so, is He? You got to trust that process. Right. And so, um, that's that's the other thing I would say. Um, you got to trust that there is a healing process. It's the process that God is interested in. It's not the destination. It's the Correct. process. Yeah. He's leading me and guiding me. It's the process. I'm never going to arrive. Mm-hmm. It's the process. Yeah. We, we tend to be uncomfortable in that space. Yes. And like yes. we want results. Yes. We don't want to be on the journey. Yes. What are your journey in the yes. desert? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. So you guys yes. created a, like this heart evaluation, um, but mm-hmm. things for people to, to look at and evaluate. Can you talk a little bit about that and mm-hmm. how people can use that as a tool? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, the heart examination has five different columns to it. And the first column is basically your story. You know, what are the events of life that have that have been significant? And again, we, we want to talk about both the positive ones and the negative ones because our stories are really have, most stories have both, you know, positive things and, and hurtful things. So what, what was your story? And, and sometimes people cannot identify um, an absolute traumatic event that occurred. Mm-hmm. Like, but life just was dysfunctional, across the board. You know, I lived with this alcoholic family and it just was always messed up. So sometimes there's no one event, but there's just this kind of living the process of life that was unhealthy. And so whether it was an event or whether it was just um, a process, you know, just identify those things because both are equally significant. And and then the, the second column we've talked about fairly significantly already, which is a person needs to begin experiencing a healing touch 
from God because they're not going to be able to, to forgive. They're not going to be able to, you know, to finish the healing process unless they themselves have experienced Jesus in, in their own story. Okay, but then the, the most imp- the next thing though is how did I respond to that story? You know what were my responses? And the good news about my responses is this: you see, if life just happens to me and I don't respond to it, then that makes me a victim. It mm. just happened. Mm. And what's good about looking at my responses is if I responded that way then I can choose to respond differently. Yes. Okay? And so the, the third column in the heart exam um, talks about, about our fallen responses. And, and let me just, you know, when, when I talk about fallen responses, I'm not talking about condemnation, but I'm talking about life is built upon principles, and the principles are meant to give us life. But when we violate those principles, then instead of getting life, we get death. Mm-hmm. Okay? An example. Um, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be prolonged and that it will mm-hmm. go well with you in the land your, that the Lord your God has given you. So that's a command, right? Yeah. Honor your father and your mother. But if your dad molested you, if your dad abandoned you, how do you honor him for that? But that principle doesn't say honor your father if he does a good job of being a father. It just says honor him. And if you do, you're, you're going to live a long life. Your days are going to be prolonged and life is going to go well with you. What does that mean to, to honor mm-hmm. someone who's been maybe an abusive figure in your, in your life, Ab- abusive parental figure? What does honor look like? That's an excellent question. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look up the word the, in the Hebrew, it says to wait, await. And that just like, what's the connection? Mm-hmm. But the idea is to, to weigh their influence in your life. Uh, I don't agree with the, the uh, mayor of the city, but I have to respect his position. I don't agree with the mm-hmm. president, or I agree with the president, but I have to respect his position. And so it's the position that that person has in your life and weighing of their influence, their impact upon you. And so I respect the position that mm-hmm. person had. Mm-hmm. God gave them, God chose those parents for you. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Again, back mm-hmm. to my own issues around God. You mm-hmm. gave me these parents right. that messed me up. What right. were you thinking? Mm-hmm. And so that's another subject. But the idea of mm-hmm. understanding their impact on your life, to honor that position that they have in your life. God gave them, God gave you to them. And so that's what it means. And when I fail to I accurately honor them and to weigh them and whether I do it with the rose colored glasses on or just be so angry with them and you know want to cast them aside the Bible says that things will go well for me if Mm -hmm. I honor them if I don't things will not go well for me what does that mean and that how I look at it is in the area of relationship in the land that God has given Mm -hmm. me and that's in the area of relationships in the area I fail to honor my father 
father and mother, I'm going to have difficulty in those same areas in my life. Mm. And I've seen it where my kids have come, you know, as they've grown up and, and, you know, they've been around this, exposed to this not for a long time. But I remember when, you know, my oldest son, uh, the one I had out of wedlock, and he, you know, told me he saw me the same way I saw my father. I was just like dumbfounded. It's like, oh, whoever would have thought it? And here I am in the very area I struggled to honor my father, I, I certainly struggled, and and um, and so that's how that worked. And, and so, certain, for, for example, if someone is depressed, is that life prolonging or life shortening? Shortening. Right. If someone is an, an addict, is that life prolonging mm-hmm. or life shortening? I mean, you get the idea, mm-hmm. you know, that whether it's whether it's overt or not. If I don't care for myself, is that life prolonging or life shortening? Mm-hmm. You know, and so. And so the law predicts mm-hmm. life-shortening um, attitudes and behaviors that I'm going to engage in, again, unconsciously, but it simply is the way life works. It's not personal condemnation from God. It's simply he articulates his principle of life, and if we don't understand how it works, right. then we're going, to, we're going to suffer from it. And God wants to change that yeah. through repentance and confession and and transformation, which is what the good news of the gospel is about. Amen. I don't, I, um, I guess I'm hearing the word release. Is this is this what it can um, simply trans trans translate to? That I release whatever it is, redirecting it back to God. Right. So I I got sense. I got these parents who were what they were mm-hmm. in their own brokenness, and so. Uh, I absolutely refused. I was angry. I was bitter and resentment, mm-hmm. at, resentful at my father and my mother, and so life didn't go well for me in that very in those very areas. Mm-hmm. And so I that's sin. And so I've sinned against them because you told me to honor them, not if they're good or if they're nice. You told me to honor them, and so I got sin lurking in my life. And so I want to repent of my sin, and uh, you know my relationship with both my parents. I could love them still. They, nothing changed about mm-hmm. their interacting with me or anything like that. It was just my heart had been changed. Right. Uh, another principle is judge not, Matthew 7. Mm-hmm. Judge not. In the same area you judge your parents, mm-hmm. you condemn yourself mm-hmm. to do the same mm-hmm. thing. Right. That's a principle. Mm-hmm. And it's like gravity. We are all impacted by gravity. Mm-hmm. Gravity holds us to the ground. And I can get up on top of this building and say, I'm going to fly, but gravity's going to pull me back down. Yeah. A child can get up on the building and say, I'm going to fly. Gravity's going to pull that child down. So whether or not I understand it as a child or whether or not I understand it as an adult, the gravity principle works. And so my judging of others comes back to get mm-hmm. me yeah. every time. Yeah. And so I see it in you and I see it because the moat mm-hmm. here, I mean, the beam see you just yeah. got a, a moat in your <laughs> eye. And that's how I see yeah. it because I'm, I have it. Yeah. And so when Jesus says judge not, especially in anger and bitterness mm-hmm. and resentment mm-hmm. that we do in children, as children, those are the consequences. This, it's not going to mm-hmm. go well for you. Now, I, I determined I got this invitation and I judged that this is a good invitation to come and and be a part of this uh, programming. 
those, those judgments, I, I'm not judging motives. I'm not mm-hmm. judging intents. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is a good, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. But when you start judging intents, mm-hmm. you didn't speak to me because you're mad at me or you right. think you're cute and whatever. Right. Those are the judgments that God is talking about. And so these principles are in operation, whether we understand them or not. And God is saying, I, I, I just want you to bring your life in harmony with Right. The way life works, especially uh, you know mm-hmm. when you talk about uh, authority, you know bad authority yes. figures. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think, and in my generation, especially, or maybe it's just me, we don't like authority. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't want anybody to be over our head. But uh, the fact is, at every stage in life, you have something. I have a boss here, you know, or mm-hmm. or how I relate to others. You know, how do how did David relate to Saul? Yeah, you know, being under an mm-hmm. abusive authority yes. figure. And how much he deferred to the Lord and and, and fled when he had to. But yeah. there was something about that respect process yes. that helped him in his other relationships. Yes. And it's something that we can develop as well in that process. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, another pr- yeah. principle from the heart exam is that about lies. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us as a result of abuse that we've uh, received, whether it's verbal or behavioral, end up believing negative things about ourselves. I'm no good, I'm lazy, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I'm just like my father, whatever the lies may be. We know that those lies originate from the father of lies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he tries to do, and he tries to get us to internalize those lies as young in our experience as we can so that they can be embedded within us. Mm-hmm. And when we recognize, you know, that they're lies... Well, the Bible talks about the truth. Mm -hmm. Jesus promised you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And he wasn't talking about doctrinal truth Mm -hmm. primarily. Mm -hmm. He was talking about the truth about who you are and your identity as a child of God, that you're of infinite value. Just like just like the father told Jesus, this is my beloved son Mm -hmm. in whom I'm well pleased. Mm. That was truth. And we need to embrace those kinds of truths and identify truths from the word to counteract the lies that we have so frequently internalized. I'm so glad that I could bring you guys on the program and you guys accepted the invitation. I want to give you guys a last word before we uh, roll out. What would you say to somebody who is just beginning their their healing journey? One, I'd say pick up a copy of the book (laughs) and, and check out some of the principles from there. But what would you say to them as they go on that journey? Uh, I would say I've been to the promised land and the fruit is sweet (laughs) and uh, it's really good. And come and join us on the journey. It's hard. It's not an easy journey. That's why most people are not on it. (laughs) But it's 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 very, very worth it. Very much so. And I guess the thing I would say uh, is don't let your fear immobilize you. Mm I mean, yes, this is a work for the courageous, but but God will give you courage. Mm-hmm. He is there. He's right there on the journey with you. So so he'll just take you by the hand if you're willing to be led. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Latoya. Oh well, you know, again, thanking thanking you for coming and being here. I I feel I've received a bit more gems too for myself and my journey, but I always love the word hope. 
Yeah. There's hope yes. in this world where everybody is trying to find some yeah. release from something or relief from something. Mm. There's hope. Yes. The mask does not have to stay on forever. Yeah. And there's a better you. There's an option. Yes. There's another option. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people need to know that there's yeah. another option. Yes. Yeah. Amen. So yeah. thanks again for joining us. Yes. And we hope to have you on again soon. Yes. We're so glad you joined us today. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and leave a comment about what you thought about the show. Also, we invite our listeners to leave a suggestion about future episodes. If you're curious about some of the behind the scenes, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Advent Next. Thanks again for listening and see you again next week.